1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective,
0: 2020 on Vision. And today, talking through one of the latest articles that Bill has written about the topic of repentance. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Always great to be back. Well, Bill, do we labor too much on this issue of repentance? I mean, from time to time, you'll hear of uh, churches that seem to be a little overbalanced uh, talking about repentance. Is there a possibility of being overbalanced? How important is it to talk about this issue?
1: Well, quite right. Uh, it's easy to go on a unbiblical extreme, uh, either, you know, hammer it in every single day and make people feel like they're uh, worthless and uh, you know, they, they just give up hope, and they don't hear about the mercy and grace of God. So, yes, that's that's certainly an extreme we want to avoid. But I suspect uh, perhaps the more common extreme in perhaps many of our churches today is we simply don't speak about it at all. We don't talk about um, uh, confession of sin. We don't talk about repentance. We don't talk about the need to keep close accounts with God. So either extreme can be dangerous, and uh, my uh, take on this is probably we need a bit more on something like repentance and its importance in the Christian life.
0: Well, if perhaps many of us are guilty of avoidance of repentance, do you think it's because it's tough talking about repentance uh, because of the relation of repentance to the idea of sin? Uh, is Is that the issue, do you think?
1: Oh, well, nobody, uh, certainly if you're a child of God, nobody likes to uh, talk about sin, especially your own. And, uh, you know, it's easy, well, very easy for us to try to whitewash sin or explain it away or sweep it under the carpet or make excuses. Uh, That's just human nature, and sadly the Christian can do this as much as a non-Christian can. We're very easy and ready to kind of deceive ourselves and say, oh, well, I'm not really that bad, am I? So, yes, uh, a weakened understanding of sin can lead, obviously, to a weakened uh, uh, place for repentance and all that, I would say, comes from a weakened view of God. If we have a weak or shallow view of God and his holiness and who he really is, well, then we'll have a pretty weak view of the real dangers And the real terror of sin, and thus the need for repentance.
0: Well, the article we're talking about today is one that you have entitled The Enduring. Uh, the enduring uh, nature of repentance. And uh, when we talk about the enduring nature uh, from the Old Testament to the New, is there a difference in the way we look at repentance in the New Testament than what we used to look at it uh, when we were talking through issues of the Old Testament?
1: Well, yes and no would be the answer. Um, Obviously, the Old Testament, you dealt with sin by means of sacrifices and so on, whereas in the New, it's the finished work of Christ. But probably a simple way to show how similar both Testaments are is simply to say that it's always been by grace through faith. Uh, Law could never save anyone. Law was always just a a follow-up, if you will, to what God has already done. So if we look at the Old Testament, God delivers Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage, sets them free. So that was a salvation event. And then after that, not before, uh, the Ten Commandments and all the rest are given to the people of Israel, not as a means of getting saved. They already were delivered and saved by God, but as a means of keeping a right relationship with Yahweh, uh, a means really of ex- expressing your your thanks and gratitude for the salvation He already wrought. So it'd be the same in the new Jesus. Of course, is the one who saves us. We receive that by grace through faith and the initial act of repentance but to maintain an ongoing relationship with Christ uh you know we sin and therefore we confess that sin we repent and it's much like a, a parent and child right if a child is very disobedient and rebellious he doesn't cease to be a child of the parents but that relationship can be hindered or harmed and therefore making things right saying you're sorry that's a normal part of getting that uh, parent child relationship back in order, and it 's the same in the Christian life
0: bill you've zeroed in on the Old Testament prophet of Jeremiah. What is so important about the way Jeremiah in the Old Testament talks about repentance?
1: well, they're certainly all quite important all of the Prophets, they all have a same similar message, but it's interesting that Jeremiah, there's something like at least 200 times in his book alone that he uses the root word for repentance, either to turn or to return. Uh, In those 52 chapters, almost every chapter you read about, you know, why did you turn away from me? You need to return to me. Uh, These are uh, the basic language. Uh, of repentance, of turning away from sin, of turning back to God. So um, it's something that's hammered through all the time with Jeremiah, along with the other prophets. But as we pointed out at the beginning, the good news is with repentance, there is mercy, there is grace, there is the new new day with God. Uh, Lamentations 3 talks about, you know, his mercies are new every morning and that's the good news if we do sin and we do and if we repent we turn from our sin we admit we where so far from where we should be Uh, god is there with open arms waiting to uh, keep that uh, relationship going so there's always the good news along with the bad yes we've blown it big time and we keep doing that but if we repent acknowledge our sin god is there ready to Lavish his mercy and grace upon us.
0: It seems to be when the Old Testament references to sin and repentance are there, usually there's a reference to worthless idols you've made some reference to worthless idols and uh, the relation of repentance Uh, we in uh, the 21st century we like to think we don't actually have worthless idols because we don't have uh, idols of wood and stone and we don't bow down to them and worship them but uh, is there a sense in which we don't think we have worthless idols but maybe we do
1: yeah absolutely um as you say, it could be a a wooden statue back then, which is pretty obvious, but today we don't quite do it that way, but we have plenty of our own idols, and idol is really anything that takes the place of God, so whatever gets us most excited, we get, you know, we think about the most, we uh, almost, well, we become what we worship, so you can have footy fans, as you know, people who simply live for the weekend to go and watch the footy, they can tell you all the names of the teams and the players and so on it really has become a god for them uh power success getting a career getting money uh sex there's so many areas of course that we can and do uh turn into idols it becomes the most important thing for us uh more important than god so um that's something we always have to check what is the thing we Think about the most, the thing that gets us excited the most. If it's not God, well, then we've created an idol, and we need to repent of that and make him number one.
0: Interestingly, if Jeremiah was alive today and he had the opportunity to be on the radio and uh, was delivering his own message to Australia, what do you think he might say?
1: Mm, Good question. Uh, I suspect it would be much the same as what he gave to uh, the ancient Israelites. Um, There's always warnings of judgment to come if you don't turn. There's always uh, the danger that uh, we will uh, see the wrath of God being poured upon us if we don't turn. So, uh, you know, the sins of Australia are just as great as the sins of Israel. Um, Whether we look at the abortion crisis or the war on marriage and family, sensuality running amok and so on, Uh, The same sins are here, the same need for repentance, but he would also give us, as he did ancient Israel, the same word of grace, you know, this idea that God doesn't want to judge. He really does want to extend mercy and grace, but it really is on us to acknowledge our need, to confess our sin, to turn, to repent, and uh, get that relationship uh, restored, as it should be. So I think he'd probably pretty much say the same thing as he he's always been saying.
0: Uh, enlarge for us, Bill, on the idea of repentance and this connection with our intimacy with God, mm-hmm. because a lot of people will say, well in that moment that I first believed, when I was born again, uh, because of God's grace, because of the shed blood of Jesus, my sins were forgiven. Uh, and yet I still hear this call for repentance. Uh, tell me about uh, your thoughts on, on repentance and the restoration of intimacy, which is so easily often lost.
1: Yeah, so that's a very good point. And uh, I think most certainly evangelicals, if not Protestants, will look on salvation at least in two uh, regards, two aspects. We talk about justification and then sanctification. As you mentioned, this one-off work of coming to God through Christ uh, by grace through faith, when we first get saved, that's what we call justification. We're justified, we're declared righteous, not because of our own works, but what Christ has done for us. If we Come to him in faith and repentance, but that's just beginning. The rest of the Christian walk is one of lifelong sanctification, which simply means becoming more like Christ, becoming more holy, becoming less sinful, less selfish. So that's the the rest of the whole Christian life, and sometimes we can so emphasize the very first bit, which is vital, of course, justification. We have to get right with God in that initial act of repentance, but then we forget that it's a lifelong relationship. Again, uh, take the human family. It's one thing to be born. That's crucial. Uh, Once you're born, that's the start, but it's certainly not the end. Then you spend the rest of your life growing and developing and having relationships with your parents. So um, it's the same in the Christian life. We first get in to God's family by that work of justification, but then it's an ongoing work of keeping a vibrant, loving relationship with our Heavenly Father and seeking not to displease Him. We read in Ephesians about grieving the Holy Spirit and so on. So we can uh, grieve God with our life, and we don't want to do that. Just as a good child wouldn't want to do that with his earthly mother and father. So it's uh, two two aspects really of the same coin, but we need to emphasize both. <sighs>
0: Well, Bill, always enjoy your insights, Uh, just clarifies things to talk through some of those issues and to be able to uh, question the way that we as Australians might be thinking about some of these very deep but very important biblical concepts and uh, one of those repentance today. I'll point listeners to one of Bill Muhlenberg's latest articles called The Enduring Message of Repentance. And uh, you'll be able to get that simply Google Culture Watch or you can go to BillMullenberg.com and uh, you'll be able to access uh, that message there. Uh, Bill, great getting your insights as always. Thank you so much for being with us again today on 2020.
1: Great to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported.